Good morning, Orlando. Good Wednesday morning to you. Glad you're here. Up and out of early at 6 o'clock for our very first check on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Here and now for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning. Brett Kavanaugh's accuser calls for an FBI investigation. Protesters greet Governor Rick Scott in Orlando. Details coming up in one minute. And we're all over the latest in Kavanaugh versus his accuser. My take and yours straight ahead on Good Morning Orlando. 602 on News Radio 93.1. The woman accusing Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh of sexual assault is asking for an FBI probe. A lawyer for Christine Blasey Ford says a proper investigation should take place before she testifies in the Senate about the allegations to ensure that facts and witnesses are assessed in a nonpartisan manner. Ford claims Kavanaugh assaulted her when they were teenagers. Kavanaugh has denied the allegations. That is not going to happen, the FBI investigation. That's one of the things we'll get into here in a moment. I also have a letter that Ford's lawyers wrote to the Senate Judiciary Committee. I'll read excerpts in a moment here as well, Tom. All right, we look forward to that. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The death toll from Florence is now at 37, 27 in North Carolina, 8 in South Carolina, and 2 in Virginia. More than 300,000 people in North Carolina are still without power. President Donald Trump will have a firsthand look today at the impact of Florence. White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders says the president plans to travel to North Carolina, which of course bore the brunt of the powerful storm. A second protest in as many days met Governor Rick Scott at a campaign stop in Orlando Tuesday afternoon. More than a dozen people held signs about Florida's environment, some calling the governor Red Tide Rick. As the protesters flanked Goldenrod Road, some of his supporters stood in front to block the sight line between the protesters and his tour bus. Inside Rigo's tile, Scott spoke to a crowd of a few dozen people who support his bid for Senate. He noted that Florida is a place where everybody pitches in to help their neighbors, and it doesn't matter where those neighbors came from. This is Florida. We are the melting pot. People come from all over the world, and they never forget where they came from. And they always remember what it was like when they were struggling to make sure that when when somebody else is struggling, they show up. The governor also spoke about job creation and opportunity, themes that have carried him through two successful campaigns for governor. Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Jameis Winston is facing a lawsuit for groping an Uber driver in Arizona. The incident in March 2016 prompted the NFL to suspend Winston for the first three games of this season after its investigation found that he had touched the woman in an inappropriate and sexual manner. The driver filed suit yesterday seeking in excess of $75,000 in damages. The suit calls the apology Winston issued in July hollow claims he has a history of sexually hostile behavior and does not understand the impact of his conduct. You think they'll put um, him back in at quarterback after uh, he serves his suspension? Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's replaced him, has done sensationally well. Now we have a lawsuit hanging over him. What do you think as a as a Bucks fan? I think Fitzpatrick's play has given them a really good excuse not to, to so avoid the, P, the bad PR of putting him back in. You agree with that, Yaffe, that he'll ride the bench after his suspension? That's a really interesting point. I didn't think about it from that angle, but I think they'll keep him in there. Fitzpatrick, he's doing too well, especially if he wins this week. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the sea turtle is back in familiar waters thanks to the care of some animal lovers in Volusia County. The loggerhead sea turtle was found washed ashore in New Smyrna Beach three months ago and taken to Marine Science Center. There it was treated for pneumonia and other medical issues. 
Yesterday, the turtle was brought to Ponce Inlet, where it was released back into the ocean in front of a crowd of well-wishers. WFLA News Time now, 6.05. Watch as six kids get hurt after a startled camel goes wild at a Pittsburgh circus. Online at WFLAOrlando.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henninger, Deborah Roberts, and Michael Yaffe. And Steph screening your calls. And if you want to talk it over, we're getting into the uh, Kavanaugh Ford drama uh, from all angles and different angles in our in our all three hours here this morning. You can reach me at 407-916-5400. Our toll-free number is now 866-916-5400. Text line still 23680. And there, of course, standard message and data rates apply. Hey, if you listen to us on the FM dial at 102.5, you got to move us on down to 93.1 with us and lock it in in your preset now because 105, 102.5 is, is going away starting October 1st. Nothing we can do about it. So we've had to change the frequency, and we have done it on the FM dial, moving to 93.1. But no problem, no changes either. If you enjoy listening to us on AM 540 or on High Definition Radio 107.7 HD3, you can still find us on iHeartRadio at WFLA Orlando. Facebook is still WFLA Orlando. Twitter is at WFLA Orlando. And the website you should know, because there's all kinds of great stuff Related to the show and everything that happens on WFLA, the website is now WFLAOrlando.com. So Tom told you that um, Christine Ford, Brett Kavanaugh's accuser, saying that he essentially was trying to rape her and would have if he weren't dead drunk at a party they attended well over 30 years ago when they were both teenagers. And uh, she says through her lawyers, and I'll I'll share this with you in a moment, that um, she wants to testify before the committee, but she's not prepared to do it next Monday. And Monday is when the Senate Judiciary Committee has said it is her opportunity. Kavanaugh is going to testify on Monday, but she wants an investigation by the FBI first. Now, I'm going to tell you about that in a moment, because Fox News has... uh, on very good authority, that that FBI investigation will never happen. Should they just go ahead and vote if she doesn't show on Monday? We'll talk about it, and I'll take your calls right now on on your latest take on it all, because I know passions are running high. Gals and guys, please join me, 407-916-5400, 866-916-5400, toll-free, and 23680 on the text line, standard message, and data rate supply. So that's where we start. Much to do beyond that here, all the local, all the national stuff. We got red-hot topics for three solid hours. We're cooking them up for you on the 50,000-watt front porch, and, and we'll serve them up starting in two minutes, right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, here on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. So here is the letter sent to the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Republican Charles Grassley, on behalf of Christine Blasey Ford. She apparently will not testify unless the FBI investigates what she says Kavanaugh did to her at that party 35-plus years ago. Uh, More on the fact that that's not going to happen in a moment. But what this letter is all about is trying to destroy 
Kavanaugh, Trump's pick for Supreme Court, to destroy his character to get the vote to go against him, but also, also to run out the clock on this. Hopefully the Democrats in their eyes win the Senate in November, and then Trump will never get his conservative on the Supreme Court, whether it be Kavanaugh or somebody else. So that's what's going on here. In part, the letter says this, Dr. Ford has the support of her community and her fellow citizens all across this country. She's been the target of vicious harassment, even death threats. As a result of these kinds of threats, her family's been forced to relocate out of their home. Her email's been hacked. She's been impersonated online. While Dr. Ford's life has been turned upside down, Senator Grassley, you and your staff scheduled a public hearing for her to testify at the same table as Judge Kavanaugh in front of two dozen U.S. senators on national television. Uh, That's not exactly it. They offered her an opportunity to testify privately if she wants, behind closed doors, anyway. But Monday is your day to show up or that is it. And they never have said, and Grassley says, we don't envision having Kavanaugh right alongside of Christine Ford. Okay, so assumptions are being made there that fly in the face of fact. The letter goes on. The hearing was scheduled for six short days from today and would include interrogation by senators who appear to have made up their minds that she is mistaken and mixed up. While no sexual assault survivor should be subjected to such an ordeal, Dr. Ford wants to cooperate with the committee and with law enforcement officials. But an FBI investigation of the incident should be the first step in addressing her allegations. To ensure that the crucial facts and witnesses in this matter are assessed in a nonpartisan matter and that the committee is fully informed before conducting any hearing or making any decisions. Well, uh, Ford's lawyers know that would all take time, but this is not going to happen. Fox News has learned that the Federal Bureau of Investigation will not be doing another background check on Kavanaugh. They did six over the course of his career as he has moved up the legal ladder from one position to another. And they would not do this unless they got orders from the White House. And they're not getting that from the president, who yesterday rejected again the idea of bringing the FBI in to reopen its background check on Kavanaugh. So there's not going to be an FBI investigation. She has an option to testify behind closed doors next Monday or out in public, as Kavanaugh will be will be doing. And Almost all the members of the committee on the Republican side are saying, Yaffe, that um, she does whatever she's either going to do or not do on Monday, and then the committee moves ahead. Lindsey Graham, who's on the Judiciary Committee, says, we will vote on Wednesday, with or without any testimony from Christine Ford. As they should, in my opinion. I agree with you. Even, Even Flake and Corker say that that should happen. That says a lot. (laughs) That really does. But you can't stop something like this from happening without evidence. Because if you start that trend, all it takes is one accuser. Anytime you have this process, just one accuser who could completely make it up. And it would stop every nomination in the future. You can't have that. Now the issue is if they just go ahead and and, and they say, we're not doing an FBI. The FBI is not doing an investigation. That's it. Okay. Christine, Monday is your day. And that's it. And we're not changing that. Corker says they won't bend from that. Okay. Corker, who hates Trump, as we know. And Flake. And Flake, who hates Trump. Right. Okay. Here's the thing. How are women going to feel in the Me Too era? 
are they going to say, well, there we got a bunch of old white men are getting their guy through, and uh, and this poor woman who was so terribly abused 35 years ago and told nobody about it whatsoever, never went to police, obviously no crime committed, no no charges ever brought. The FBI is not going to investigate, not only because they'd need the White House ordering them to do so, which will not happen under Trump, you know that, but also because there's no federal in crime to investigate. It's the Federal Bureau of Investigation. So, where do you stand on this? Let's talk about it, shall we? You've got our take on it, 407-916-5400. How do you think it's going to play out? What do you want the committee to do? 407-916-5400. This show is for you, so join the conversation or text me at 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. Trump tweeting last night, the uh, looking ahead to the midterms and the political aspects of all of this drama with Kavanaugh. The Supreme Court is one of the main reasons I got elected president. I hope Republican voters and others are watching and studying the Democrats' playbook. I don't know what the next move is going to be with Christine Ford and her lawyers here now that it is clear that Monday is her opportunity. Take it or leave it. Private or public testimony before the Senate Judiciary Committee. And... Fox News says the FBI is not, they've been told, going to investigate this. There is no federal crime, and they would need explicit orders from the president, which they'll never get from Donald Trump, in order to be forced to do another, essentially, background check. And they've done six of them over the years that revealed no problems of any kind, this or otherwise, with Brett Kavanaugh. And they're not going. They're not going to do it. Uh, I don't know what their next move right now is, but I'll tell you one thing: this nomination is still in jeopardy because if they vote next week, gang, all right, you are going to have women across this country—not all women, but a, a a significant percentage of them, I think, from the left, of course, who are going to be all over their senators, and particularly their female senators, to say. They fast-tracked this thing. This is still sitting out there. Don't you have any respect for, you know, for what women go through in this country for crying out loud? And I'm telling you, they're going to threaten them with withdrawing their support. And all you have to do is peel away a couple of votes, and Kavanaugh never gets confirmed. It's only 5149 Republican in the Senate right now. This thing is still in serious jeopardy, and, and it, it kills me, Yaffe, because there's no reason for it. There's no good reason for it. Yeah, and I you're agree. right. We can't have somebody's character destroyed, their career destroyed, you know, and a nomination to the United States Supreme Court of an eminently qualified jurist destroyed when you don't have a crime and when the accuser is saying, now we're not coming forward on Monday. Yeah, and there's no real evidence other than an accusation. Let's go to the phones. Matt, you're out in Claremont. Got a comment for us? Uh, yeah, I don't think Kavanaugh should have to be put under oath, and I wouldn't be opposed to them voting tomorrow, because uh, the Democrat Party has shown their hand. They're 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 dirty tricksters, and I think that's going to help us. I don't think it's going to hurt. Yeah, I, I think they're worried about in the Me Too era here. They want to bend over backwards to accommodate this woman, so that's why the vote has been moved into next week. But I'm glad they're standing their ground at least for now on the Monday yeah. vote. What's coming in on the text line, Yaffe? 
Yeah, we have a texter who uh, says she is a female, says it is so ridiculous to be talking about what happened in high school. I think they need to vote if she doesn't show up. Particularly when there's absolutely no proof that this ever happened or that Kavanaugh was ever there. If she really had an experience like this, maybe it's just mistaken identity. You know, seen through an alcoholic haze 35 years ago. They were all drinking at the party. Anyway, in the six in the seven o'clock hour, I'm going to do something risky and talk radio, which is dominated by guys who listen news talk radio. But we have a lot of women who listen to the show, and I'm very, very ex- gratified by that. My question: I want to open it up to women only, and I hope you'll stick around here. And my question to you will be this: If Kavanaugh's accuser won't testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee on Monday, either in public or private, should the committee just go ahead and vote? And how would you vote as a woman? If what we know now is all we know next week, and is what's happening to Kavanaugh just what men in general deserve because they've gotten away with sexual misconduct in this country for so long, which is undeniably true in so many cases, that it's okay now in the Me Too era, women, if instead of balancing the scale of justice, we put our thumb on the scale and tilt it all the way over in favor of women so that When they accuse a man, the man is automatically assumed to be guilty and must pay a price. Where are you, women, on all of this? So we're going to have the females in the audience here join us here on the phones and the text line in the 7 o'clock hour, and I hope you will take advantage of that. Tom Alexander bringing us the news. Deb will be back tomorrow. Right now, more on the Kavanaugh drama. Tom? Thanks, bud. Republicans continue to line up in support of U.S. Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. Former President George W. Bush told Politico that he and his wife Laura have known and respected Kavanaugh for decades, and they stand by their comments they made the night he was nominated. Kavanaugh worked for President Bush during his White House tenure. The president, former president said he'll make a superb justice on the Supreme Court. Florida Governor Rick Scott, who is running for the U.S. Senate, says Kavanaugh's accuser should be allowed to testify, but he blames Democrats for sitting on the allegations until the last minute. Christine Blasey Ford says Kavanaugh sexually assaulted her when both of them were in high school more than 30 years ago. They're both set to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee next week, but Ford is now calling for an FBI investigation before she testifies. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. SeaWorld will pay millions to settle a lawsuit that claims it lied about what the federal government calls the blackfish effect. The company and two former executives yesterday agreed to pay $5 million to settle the suit filed by the Securities and Exchange Commission. The suit claims SeaWorld misled investors about the losses the company suffered after the 2013 movie Blackfish was released. SeaWorld does not admit wrongdoing and says it is pleased to resolve the matter. The U.S. Supreme Court is telling many nonprofit groups they have to disclose the identity of wealthy donors who give money to pay for aggressive political ads. Yesterday's ruling on so-called dark money donations comes just seven weeks before the midterm elections. The ads in question are those that tell people to vote for or against a specific candidate. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration is fining five contractors more than $86,000 for safety violations related to the Florida International University pedestrian bridge collapse. One employee was killed and five others were seriously injured when the bridge came crashing down in March. OSHA says its investigation determined the companies failed to protect workers when indications of a potential bridge collapse were evident. Six people 
in total died in the collapse, but the fines are only for the workers affected by the tragedy. Finally, a Polk County teenager will get some national recognition for his efforts to help kids. Lakeland 18-year-old Jalen Arnold will receive an award tonight in New York from TLC, the Discovery Channel, and Red Book. The Give a Little Award will be presented to Arnold for his work with Jalen's Challenge Foundation. The Victory Christian School student founded the nonprofit to promote anti-bullying efforts. WFLA News Time now 6:36. I'm Tom Alexander, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Get these stories and more at WFLAOrlando.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues right now. And if you're a regular, you know when it's 6.35, it's time to go north to New York City and bring in live from the Bloomberg Newsroom, still working on her presentation. I can hear her tapping that keyboard, (laughs) Gina Cervetti with the Bloomberg Business Report. Before we get to the stock report, I was looking at the weather radar yesterday and thinking of you and wondering whether you took any kind of a hit from the wet remnants of Florence. We did, bud. We got some really heavy downpours. Right about the time I was driving home. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty bad. It got super dark, and um, it, it rained very, very hard, and then it, it let up later in the day. So, yeah. so that was good. But, All right. But, uh, boy. <laughs> that was a struggle getting home, and I'm sure you had a lot of company, yep, on the roadways uh, with that situation in metropolitan New York. All right, let's get down to business on the Bloomberg Report this morning. What have we got on stocks? Well, the stock futures right now are a little changed. Investors are waiting for the August report on housing starts. That's groundbreakings of new homes. Yesterday, the S&P 500 rose with tech stocks leading the way. Techs have been good performers this year so far. The S&P was up 16 points or one half of 1% to 2904. The Dow jumped 188 to 26,247. The Nasdaq was up 60 to 7956. And the Bloomberg Orlando index gained four-tenths percent. Investors seem to shrug off the latest volleys in the trade war between the U.S. and China. And uh, Tom had something uh, a moment ago, and I know you have a Bloomberg perspective on this uh, story of SeaWorld and its former CEO settling a big lawsuit with the Security and Exchange Commission. What do you have on that, Gina? Yeah, well, as Tom said, we'll just briefly mention SeaWorld closed little change to hire after word of this settlement yesterday. And just to briefly recap and then add some information here, the former CEO agreed to pay more than $5 million and the company and settle a Securities and Exchange Commission lawsuit in which the regulator claimed they failed to disclose the impact on the business from that 2013 documentary, Blackfish, as Tom said. Again, this was a $5 million settlement by the company and the former CEO. Now, the SEC had said that SeaWorld waited until August 2014 to acknowledge declining attendance caused in part by the negative publicity surrounding this documentary. The delay, according to the Mm -hmm. agency, artificially inflated the value of the company's shares. They fell by a third after the decline in attendance was disclosed, and the the SEC said that investors lost $830 million. And now let's talk about the electric car company Tesla that always seems to be making news. The word is it's under investigation for alleged fraud. I'm wondering how that's impacting trading of Tesla stock. Well, it did fall yesterday, bud. It was down 3.3% 
on the session. It's lower on the year as well by more than double that. Sources tell Bloomberg that the electric car company is under an investigation by the Justice Department over public statements made by the company and CEO Elon Musk. This is a criminal probe and it's running alongside a previously reported civil inquiry by securities regulators. A federal prosecutors opened the fraud investigation after Musk tweeted last month. You may remember that he was contemplating taking Tesla private and the key yeah. phrase having funding secured for the deal. Uh, the company says that it is cooperating with this latest probe. Very interesting. Let's skip down here. I've got time for one more item, and it's intriguing. A vintage car from a boxing great going up for auction. What's the story, Gina? Well, it's a 1970 rare Rolls-Royce silver shadow convertible that once belonged to Muhammad Ali. It'll be auctioned by Bonhams. The vintage car is estimated to bring in $47,000 to $70,000 when it goes under the hammer on October 5th in Belgium. The auction house says Ali purchased the Rolls-Royce new in New Jersey in December 1970 for about $16,000 in today's dollars. That would be about 105000 Be interesting to see how the bidding goes on that mm -hmm. one-of-a-kind item. Thank you so much. As always, Gina Cervetti in the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City. Next report tomorrow morning, same time. Have a great day. Thank you, Gina. You too, bud. Thanks. Yeah, coming up here in a moment, insane government spending. The spree continues unchecked. Chapter and verse just ahead. And we'll update Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic as well. Stick around if you can here. All of this in two minutes on News Radio 93.1 WFLA and still on AM 540. The Bud Man and his faithful companion and executive producer Yaffe are two voices crying in the fiscal wilderness here. Nobody else is talking about the unchecked spending spree in Washington. I mean, the Republicans in Congress, the Democrats in Congress, nobody's putting on the brakes. The president is not putting on the brakes. He's not talking about this. Listen to what's going on. The U.S. government had a $214 billion deficit in August, nearly double the amount of the same period last year. We're, you know, we're taking in record tax receipts, but we're spending even more than we take in, and the gap continues to widen. The federal government is primed to spend as much as $300 billion in the final quarter of this fiscal year, which ends on September 30th, because agencies are rushing to dole out the money that has been appropriated by Congress for all of these programs. The spending spree, the product of that omnibus budget agreement signed six months late back in March, remember, coupled with funding increases of $80 billion for defense, $63 billion for civilian agencies. I have no problem with spending, you know, with, 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 with appropriating more, for example, for defense, but you've got to cut spending somewhere else and nobody is doing it. Why? Because the theory is it costs you votes politically and you commit political suicide. And in the middle of all of this, Yaffe, yesterday, the Senate, racing to avoid the third government shutdown of the year ahead of a looming end-of-the-month deadline, voted 93-7 to 7 to pass a sweeping $854 billion spending bill 
Department of Defense, Health and Human Services, Labor and Education that make up the lion's share of total government spending. This is out of control, and it is getting worse. Yeah, you know, there's two major problems here. You brought up one of the problems. It's the government spending every year on on regular programs and military, but it's also these giant entitlements. I mean, that's where most of the spending goes, and the Trump administration and the Republicans in Congress really don't want to touch that either. No, because then people think you're picking your pocket, yeah. and they'll thank you with the ballot box by sending you on your way. Unfortunately, this has shown a lot of hypocrisy from the Republicans in Congress, because when Obama was president, a lot of them were bringing up the debt, the debt, the debt. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm not hearing that from them anymore, no, and neither we am I. should hear it because it is a problem. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I'm sure the president and, 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 and members of Congress in both parties, in a way, because they know what's going on here, okay? Yeah. Uh, they're happy with all of the distractions, be it Kavanaugh or whatever else it happens to be, because nobody's talking about this except you and me. Yeah, yeah, I know. Even Republicans who were talking about it before. I mean, you're right. Because of economic growth, the federal government is getting in more revenue than ever before, but they're spending way more than ever before as well, and it's way overtaking that increase in revenue. And they're not dealing with the expanding deficits, which add to the national debt that is now yep. $21 trillion plus and counting. Stay tuned. If you want to hear about this kind of thing, you know where you need to be, right here, because I don't know where else you're going to get this information. You know, when I was a little kid growing up, you know, the elementary school age or whatever, I can't tell you the number of times my mother looked at me covered in mud or having a fight with a neighborhood kid and would just kind of smile and say, oh, well, boys will be boys. I heard it from more than one of my teachers, you know, when they were breaking up some kind of a scrape that I was involved in or other kids. Boys will be boys. Boy, I got to tell you, you know, it used to be that you... You actually not only accept it, but you embrace the reality that God made boys and girls different in so many ways. Time came when you celebrated a boy being masculine and a girl being feminine. Now you have this movement that seems to be going on, obviously driven by the liberal left, you know, to feminize boys and somehow make girls less feminine, maybe more masculine, that somehow we're better if we do that. We're flying in the face of biology, and we're flying in the face of the way God created the two sexes. But that doesn't stop a liberal PhD student, I'm assuming liberal, who else would think like this, who has put out a new University of Michigan study and gotten a $23,000 research grant to do this, urging preschool teachers that she's interviewed and all of them across the country to now avoid saying, well, they're just boys being boys, or to remind girls to have good manners, lest those teachers accidentally contribute to what she calls gender inequality in early childhood. Says these teachers have such an influence on children. Preschools are just one way, she finds, through which an unequal gender system is reproduced because interactions between teachers and students organize and define boys and girls differently. You know, and she really hammers a lot of the teachers that she interviewed for this research project here, concluding, and some of this I can't even understand, it's so much of this liberal psycho babble to me anyway, um, 
Her conclusion is teachers' gendered disciplinary interactions provide a key way in which children become recruited to gender in preschool and learn the normative conceptions of femininity and masculinity. Okay, uh, I don't know. And also can says this, teachers' gendered expectations for children's behaviors offer mechanisms through which gender differences continue to be perceived as natural. They are natural. They are natural. It's the way God made little boys versus little girls. We're different. Let's celebrate and embrace it and encourage it, not try to eliminate it or minimize it. And she says it contributes to gender inequality in preschool. This is not an an inequality issue. Boys are different. Let boys be boys and girls be boys. It's always worked before. Why is this not a good thing now? I guess if you can get a university run by a liberal hierarchy to fork over $23,000 to you for your Ph.D. project, what the heck, you know? Take it and run with it. (laughs) Let boys be boys, please. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you on a Wednesday at 7 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here and now for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning Brett Kavanaugh's accuser calls for an FBI investigation, and Andrew Gillum defends his education plan. Details coming up in one minute. And ladies, be ready to call or text me. I've got a couple of questions for you related to Kavanaugh and his accuser. Coming up next on Good Morning Orlando. 703 on News Radio 93.1. A top Republican senator says the Judiciary Committee should move forward with a hearing Monday to address the sexual assault allegations against Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. Despite that, Utah Senator Orrin Hatch said yesterday he's not buying the alleged victim's story. I think uh, this woman, whoever she is, is mixed up. Hatch noted in a statement that the committee delayed its vote to advance the nomination after Christine Blasey Ford came forward. She claims Kavanaugh held her down and groped her when they were both teenagers. Ford says she will not testify in any Senate hearing before an FBI investigation. However, Hatch says the FBI doesn't do this type of investigation, and the Senate is responsible for it. We're going to get into this. We're going to take calls from the ladies, okay, here in the Me Too movement. I've got some questions on this just for you coming up after the news. All right. This news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un says he'll visit South Korea in the near future. Kim made that announcement early this morning at a summit in Pyongyang with South Korean leader Moon Jae-in. At the joint press conference, Moon said a summit with Kim could happen in Seoul sometime this year. A Seoul summit with Kim Jong-un would be the first visit to the South by a North Korean leader since the peninsula split in half during the Korean War. The two leaders have been meeting to discuss denuclearization. They've had a real love fest over there, you know, and they both seem, North and South, seem committed, they say, to getting all the nukes off the Korean peninsula. We'll see. President Trump kind of set all of that in motion, and it's interesting what's happening. Yeah, we could see history made here very soon. Meanwhile, the Democratic nominee to be Florida's next governor is defending his education funding plan. Tallahassee Mayor Andrew Gillum wants to raise a billion dollars for public schools by increasing the tax on large corporations. 
He says the companies can afford it thanks to federal tax cuts. Florida's biggest corporations are going to pay over $6 billion less in their corporate taxes next year. Under my plan, we're investing a portion of that tax cut back into Florida's kids. Gillum says no individual Floridian will have to pay higher taxes under his plan. The spokesperson for the state Republican Party calls that a, quote, absolute lie. Plans to build a new addition at Port Canaveral are taking a big step forward. The Brevard County Commission voted yesterday to spend $10 million to build an aquarium at the port. Brevard Zoo is behind the idea for the aquarium, and Executive Director Keith Winston says as big as that vote was, it's just the first step. He told Florida Today the next steps include getting state funding and raising private donations for a project which is expected to cost $70 million. Finally, there's a new effort underway in Orange County to make boating safer. The county commission voted yesterday to formally urge boaters to slow down. Commissioners also voted to ask lakefront property owners to mark docks that are now underwater because of high water levels in some lakes. WFLA News Time now 7.06. Watch as six kids are injured after a startled camel goes wild at the Pittsburgh Circus online at WFLAOrlando.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. News, weather, traffic. Traffic, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Tom's in for Deb. We'll be back with us tomorrow. Yaffe's our executive producer in the control room. Steph is the friendly voice you'll hear. If you want to get on the air with me, call me at 407-916-5400. Toll free is now 866-916-5400. Text line 23680. Standard message and data rates apply there. Um, Just to make sure everybody's caught up on the changes here uh, with our FM frequency, if you listen to us on the FM dial at 102.5, my friend, then be sure to move to 93.1 and lock it in your preset now because 102.5 FM goes away starting October 1st, not too long from now. But no problem, no changes either if you listen to us on AM 540 or High Definition Radio 107.7 HD3. Don't need to do anything because nothing's changing there. Just FYI, you can still find us on iHeartRadio at WFLA Orlando. Facebook is still WFLA Orlando. Twitter is at WFLA Orlando. And the website is now WFLAOrlando.com. So it looks like this Christine Ford, who's accusing Supreme Court uh, nominee Brett Kavanaugh, of um, sexually assaulting her when they were at a drunken party as teenagers 35-plus years ago, will not testify either publicly or privately before the Senate Judiciary Committee, which she has been invited to do next Monday. Kavanaugh will testify, and apparently in an open session that we'll be able to watch. She, through her lawyers, is demanding an FBI investigation first. But the FBI, Fox report, says there will be no additional background checks or investigations of Brett Kavanaugh. They'd have to be ordered by the president, and that will not happen from President Trump for obvious reasons in this case, right? And also because, Fox reports, the FBI doesn't have a federal crime to investigate. 
She never told anybody about this for years. She never went to police. There's no record of this ever happening. Kavanaugh says he was never at such a party and never did anything like that to any woman at any point in his life. So my question is, and I'm, this is, this is, this is risky in uh, news talk radio where we get a lot more guys than gals listening traditionally, but we've always had a great female audience here. And because we're in the middle of the Me Too era here, and, and, and I want to ask you this question, and I really want just phone calls from you ladies and text messages. Guys, stand aside if you will. We'll see if we can find up, uh, fill up the lines just with women responding to my two questions. If Kavanaugh's accuser will not testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee on Monday, either in public or private, should the committee just go ahead and vote? And how, as a woman, would you vote if what we know now is all we know next week? And is what's happening to Kavanaugh just what men in general deserve because they've gotten away with sexual misconduct for so long that it's okay in the Me Too era if instead of balancing the scale of justice, we put our thumb down on the scale and tilt it all the way over in favor of women? Hey, it's just payback. So that if they accuse a man of sexual misconduct, the man is just assumed to be guilty and must pay a price. Ladies, what's your answer to the two questions I pose? You're up, 407-916-5400, or text me on this at 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. We'll have an update for you on the news coming your way here in two minutes on 93.1 WFLA-FM and AM 540. I'd really like you ladies to give me your perspective here in the Me Too era on all of the drama surrounding Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh and his accuser, this woman, Dr. Christine Ford from out in California. And um, it looks like now the FBI is not going to be investigating this. That was the demand through her lawyers that had to happen before she would testify. The committee, the um, which is, you know, Republican-dominated and, and, and a late, and, uh, 11 basically older white Republican guys uh, on that committee. They say Monday is her opportunity. She can testify in open session along with Kavanaugh, although they won't be side by side, so it won't be intimidating in that regard. Or she can go behind closed doors and testify and say what she knows or what she believes to be true in private. Uh, but there's not going to be any other date. Monday is it. Lindsey Graham on the committee says we're going to go ahead and listen to whoever talks to us on Monday, and we're going to have a vote on this nomination of Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court on Wednesday. My question to you women, if Kavanaugh's accuser won't testify before the committee in any form on Monday, should the committee just go ahead and vote? And how would you vote if what we know now is all we know next week? And is what's happening to Kavanaugh just really what men deserve in general. It's just payback because they've gotten away with sexual misconduct for so long. So it's okay to tilt the scales of justice all the way the other way in women's favor. So basically a woman can accuse a man just as what has happened here and you just automatically assume that the man is guilty and he must pay a price. Is that the way it is now? Is that the way it should be now. Yaffe, you've got some textures weighing in on the line here. Actually getting a bunch of texts from women. Uh, one person said this, um, said, uh, I think in all my southern female charm, 
that the precious man Kavanaugh is being set up by the left. They could not find a way to delay his nomination, um, and they found they're doing this just to delay well, it. That is a point that I made earlier. It's to run the clock out on this thing. The Democrats now thinking maybe we could even take the Senate, and then if we do that, there is no way Trump ever gets a conservative on the United States Supreme Court. So let's run the clock out. I still think the nomination is in jeopardy for the simple reason that there will be a lot of pressure on some lawmakers, and some of them it doesn't take much. Murkowski and Collins uh, in in the general Senate here are always shaky to vote with you know with Trump, and um, I, I think they may peel away enough votes that he goes down just because there are people who are saying we're fast tracking this thing and we're not respecting what a woman says. And most of the time, statistics, they will claim when a woman makes such a claim, it's the truth. I hope not. I hope not either. I hope not either. Got a bunch of more texts, which we can get to after the break, but Yeah, let's do that. And Tracy, you're on the line. Don't go away. Kathy was on the line with a great comment, but I, we lost her on a bad sell or something. Hope she'll call back. Join me. I really want just, I want to hear from the gals who listen to this show, Okay. I want your answer to the two questions I have posed here in the Me Too era. I want your perspective on this. So, guys, uh, put your feet up on the 50,000-watt front porch. Have another cup of coffee. I told you, for reasons I explained, I still think that this nomination is in jeopardy when it gets out of committee to the General Senate. So the Democrats may actually not only have delayed but have destroyed this man and Trump's pick for Supreme Court. I really do believe this is in serious jeopardy. It should not be. It is outrageous what's happening here. Here is Tracy and Windermere. Uh, from a woman's perspective, how do you see all of this, Tracy? Well, it's one of those things. I honestly think they had to do it, play it out the way they played it out. You have to give the woman the chance to tell her story. Now, that being said, I think women like Christine Ford like the woman who accused the Duke lacrosse players, I think they're hurting women. Because when you wait to the last minute, you wait until it looks like you're getting your 15 minutes of fame in. You wait 35 years because you're afraid or whatever reason, but then you have no fear when the public eye is on you and you're going to be televised. It makes it harder for women who truly are victims to feel like they could come forward. Interesting comment on that. Now, if they give her the opportunity, which they've offered her, to testify behind closed doors and she doesn't take it, what do you want the committee to do? I think they should, right there and then, they should vote on them because they gave her the opportunity. She asked for a chance to tell her story. She's already written a letter. She's had a chance to come up with witnesses. It's 35 years later. What witnesses, what investigation does she think the FBI, of all people, are going to be able to do? Well, they're not going to do it because there's no federal crime here. They've said they're not going to do another background check. They've done six on this guy over his legal career and never found any problems in this regard or anything else. Thank you, Tracy. Seeing it another way, Susan in Castleberry on with the Bud Man. Good morning, Susan. Hi, good morning, Bud. Um, Yeah, I agree with a lot of what Tracy is saying. I think since she's brought it up, uh, she needs to follow through. She needs to testify. And if she doesn't testify, then I think they should go ahead and have the vote. But I will add that I don't think any woman on that committee should vote for a man who has said and who, and who believes 
that birth control are abortion-inducing drugs. So, well, that, that, that's another issue. Do you think that what is alleged that he categorically denies should result in a no vote on its own? Uh, if she doesn't testify, then then no, I don't think that it should. All right, thank you for that, Susan. All right, Yaffe, the text line is active. What do you see? Uh, yes, but lots of texts. Uh, one person says, I'm a female and vote needs to proceed, and I would vote to confirm him in a heartbeat. Another female says, I'm annoyed that this is even happening. If this truly happened, why did she wait so long to report it? All right. Hey, Steph, you know, you kind of are in-house girl, yes. woman. What's your answer to my questions here? I mean, if, if, if all we know next Monday is what we know now, and she doesn't testify privately or publicly, should they just go ahead and vote, as Lindsey Graham says they will then do on Wednesday? And, you know, is what's going on here in the Me Too era just is simply, you know, payback for all the years that men got away with sexual misconduct of all kinds, and now it's time to tilt the scales all the way the other way and assume a man's guilt without evidence. Yeah, and that's so wrong, and I think they need to vote, and I would vote for him in a second if I could. All right, fair enough. There we are. By the way, to address what Susan said, uh, he never said that birth control was abortion-inducing drugs. He he said that um, he was referencing a case where then the case said that. That was something that was edited and taken out of context and everything. Yaffe, you raise a great point. I, I, I got off that too quickly, you know, because I, I, I didn't want to kind of muddy the waters on what, and what we were trying to get her to respond right. to, you know. And, um, and, and, but and that's point. something the Democrats have been throwing out for a little for the past couple of weeks, and it's well, been totally been, debunked. Well, they, they're, they're desperate. They're trying to do anything. They don't want a conservative on the Supreme Court, and they don't want anything that Trump wants here. Now, now— um, they're trying to run the clock out, demanding the right. FBI investigation that is not going to happen. But I still think that they may have they may have tarnished Kavanaugh enough that in the Me Too era here, he doesn't get the votes for confirmation in the full Senate. It'll get reported out of the committee. It can get reported out of the committee even if there's a no vote. Okay, that's happened before. Okay. Oh, boy, what a mess. Thank you, gals. I appreciate you very much joining us here. And, uh, guys, I hope you didn't feel too left out, and I hope you enjoyed listening to the ladies. Bottom of the hour right now, news update, particularly for those of you just joining us, a little bit of a different angle on the Kavanaugh-Ford drama that is unfolding with a voice that we haven't heard yet this morning. So, Tom, for Deb, take it away. Thanks, bud. Arizona Republican Senator Jeff Flake is commenting on Christine Blasey Ford's accusations against Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. I'm just glad we're having the hearing, and uh, she deserves to be heard, and she will. Ford has accused Kavanaugh of sexually assaulting her more than 30 years ago when both were in high school. She and Kavanaugh are set to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee on Monday, but her lawyer now says a proper investigation should take place before Ford testifies in the Senate about the allegations to ensure that facts and witnesses are assessed in a nonpartisan manner. But I will tell you, though, that Flake is also on record as saying if she doesn't testify, they just need to go ahead Mm -hmm. and take a vote, and that at least this morning, is where we are. That's right. The news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Are Sesame Street's Bert and Ernie gay? What? It's a discussion that comes up every few years, and it came up again yesterday. Sesame Street writer Mark Saltzman told the gay news website Queerty that the way he approached writing Bert and Ernie 
came from his own same-sex relationship. That started people interpreting that as saying Bert and Ernie are gay. Now, for his part, writer, puppeteer, and director Frank Oz, who helped create the characters, went on Twitter to say he didn't create them that way, but it's fine if people see themselves in those characters. The organization behind Sesame Street says Bert and Ernie are just good friends. Sesame Workshop tweeted that they were created to teach children that they can be friends with people who are very different from themselves, and it adds that though Bert and Ernie are identified as male, they don't have a sexual orientation. What do you think of that, Yaffe? <laughs> I noticed you all of a sudden like, what? What am I hearing here? No, I've, I was surprised you've never heard that before. You've no. never you've never heard that accusation no, before, ever? No, Oh, man, I've heard that a bunch of times. No, yeah, I never they thought share, about they it. They share a bed, they live together. Yeah, so oh, always, yeah, that's been thrown up. out there for a while, but really? I have not heard the explanation for their characters until now. So that's yeah, really interesting. Yeah, that all just came up yesterday. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, obviously I'm not as faithful a viewer of, um, you know, Burton, Ernie, and company as you guys are. I'm watching other things. I got a show to prepare here in the morning. You got me sitting there watching Burton, Ernie. What do you think oh, I do out in the newsroom out. during the show? That's, huh? What do you think I do out in the newsroom during <laughs> the show? I know. It's deeply disturbing, but you still managed to come up with a good product. And Grab that's my what bowl matters. of cereal. And yeah. just yeah. Remember, we grew up with Sesame Street. Yeah, it's true. Okay. All right. What else we it's got true. here? true. Have you ever wondered what Jacksonville Jaguars running back Leonard Fournette smells like? Whew. No. Well, apparently a Jaguars fan on Reddit did. <laughs> Uh, Jaguars quarterback Blake Bortles, the Oviedo High and UCF product, didn't ask me anything with fans on Reddit yesterday. And someone asked him what Fournette smells like. Bortles revealed, Leonard Fournette smells like mayonnaise. What does that mean? I have no idea. <laughs> Bortles also credited the head coach Doug Marone and Vice President Tom Coughlin with bringing the winning culture to the Jaguars. And then he either hinted or kidded that he's going to have to move because fans have been turning up outside the door of his home in Jacksonville Beach. <laughs> I don't doubt it. The Jags are impressive, and they really took apart my Patriots. They I mean, really did. It wasn't even close, really. I mean, it was amazing what they did. They are some team, and it's about time. What fun. And Bortles is being awesome. Isn't he playing great? He is playing great right now, and he's taken a lot of flack over the last couple of he years. He has. Well, he deserves some of that. Some but of he's it, a yeah. great guy, and it's great to see him playing well. Absolutely. WFLA News Time now, 737. Good morning to you. We play the sound judgment game once a morning, and we move it all around. And right now, you've landed on the time slot. We're ready with the game, and our lines are filled. And if you um, are still trying to get in for the Glenn Beck tickets, more on that in just a moment. Wait for a wrong answer that opens up a line that you have to grab quickly at 407 916 5400, or if it's the toll-free, 866-916-5400. Now, more about the Glenn Beck event coming to town here and the freebie tickets we're offering to our winner, Steph. Yes, we have a great pair of tickets to see Glenn Beck live, Addicted to Outrage Tour, on Saturday, December 1st at the Plaza Live Orlando. Tickets are on sale now. Visit plazaliveorlando.org for more info. In celebration of the release of his next book, Addicted to Outrage, Glenn Beck, executive producer and head writer of the Glenn Beck Program, and the Blaze personality invite tour audiences to engage in conversations on the level of outrage on both ends of the political spectrum. Yeah, this is going to be at the plaza. This is going to be an, um, a little bit more of an intimate event here. You'll really get to, to talk to Glenn, to meet him, and see him in action on us, okay? So here we go. Today's Sound Judgment game puts the spotlight on a milestone birthday for a towering figure in entertainment, Mickey Mouse. Walt Disney's Little Mouse, who gave birth to the sprawling Disney empire, 
made his very first appearance ever on this date, September 19th. Mickey starred in a cartoon called Steamboat Willie. I want you to listen to the sound of Mickey whistling as he pilots a steamboat. Then use your sound judgment to tell me what milestone birthday Mickey Mouse is celebrating today. There you go. That's Mickey in his first cartoon that came out on this date, the 19th of September. So that's Mickey's birthday for all practical purposes. And my question to you is, what birthday is Mickey celebrating today? You line one, you've got the first shot. 90th. Bingo. Done deal. September 19th, 1928. He hit a theater in New York City, and the rest is history. How did you know that? I looked it up. That's okay. That's all right. A little quick research there. You were really on the move with the smartphone. Good job. Congratulations. You're going to the Glenn Beck Alive event here on us in Orlando. I'm so excited. Yay. You pumped up? Yes, absolutely. You enjoy Glenn? Oh, I love Glenn. Fantastic. You will love him live. He's even better than he is on the radio. I want to write you a note of congratulations if you'd be kind enough to give me your first name. Sure. It's Michelle with one L. Oh, thank you for that. And, Michelle, where do you call home? Uh, Sanford. Terrific. Nice to have you with us here on the 50,000-watt front porch. Thanks for listening to Good Morning Orlando. We all appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Don't go away. You and Steph are going to work things out. You are our sound judgment winner. You know, nobody thought a thing about it, I think, Yaffe. It came out in one theater in New York City, Steamboat Willie, in 1928. You could talk about what turned out to be an absolute world-changing event. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing <laughs> when you think about it at the time, yeah. yeah. Of all things to be world-changing. You know, Walt's a uh, little mouse, you know, yeah. and I, it's probably him whistling there. He doesn't talk in Steamboat Willie that I saw, the clip that I saw, but he actually gave voice to uh, Mickey in the early years, yep. Walt did, yep. which is pretty incredible. So there we go. 7.54 on a beautiful-looking Wednesday morning. You're on the 50,000-watt front porch with the Budman, Yaffe, Steph, and Tom in for Deb. One more day bringing us the news, and he'll have that at the top of the hour. You know, if you listen to us on the FM dial at 102.5, just another reminder, be sure to move to 93.1 FM and lock it in on your preset now because... 102.5 FM goes away starting on October 1st, not long for now, but no change for those of you who enjoy listening to us, as so many do, on AM 540 or now increasingly on high-definition radio, 107.7 HD3. You don't need to do anything because nothing is changing there. Still find us on iHeartRadio at WFLA Orlando. Facebook is still WFLA Orlando. Twitter is at WFLA Orlando. And the website you need to know is now WFLAOrlando.com. Only change in contact numbers. The toll-free is now 866-916-5400. In um, the 8 o'clock hour, normally when Deb is here, she hosts a legal brief segment with attorney Jeff Kaufman. It's always great. Comes up in our final half hour. I'll be doing that in her absence today, and we will be asking um, Attorney Kaufman for his take 
as a legal expert on all of this drama going on, the Kavanaugh, Ford, et cetera. Uh, and so we'll cover that that way in the next hour. Uh, first, though, something something different here um, that really caught my eye. There's a new study on what a positive difference it makes if you raise your kids with a belief in God. We have so many kids who have terrible mental health problems, behavior problems and all, and the research shows that when they have God in their lives and parents have a lot to do with making that happen, that it makes all the difference in the world. And I'd love to share the study with you, and Yaffe will weigh in on this. He's a very strong Christian, and, and he has some thoughts on all of this as well. And I want to hear from you as to whether or not you agree with me and you have evidence with your own family of the positive difference it makes in your kids if God is a part of their lives. That's what we'll be doing. Oh, you know, a couple of uh, interesting um Players in the Kavanaugh-Ford drama now making a little bit of news you may have missed. Yaffe, you've got something on Brett Kavanaugh's wonderful wife, Ashley. Well, yes, uh, as usual in these type of situations, you have reporters who have camped out of Brett Kavanaugh's home, which can be annoying, but his wife, Ashley, decided to be nice to them and actually brought them cupcakes. Oh no! And kidding. offered it to anyone who wanted them. She the seems she seems like such a nice gal. She worked for um yeah. for Bush forty three. Who just said she was absolutely fantastic. You can only imagine how awful this is for her and her family to have these allegations right. with no evidence at all from a woman who now is not going to testify. Apparently, unless she gets an FBI investigation. Uh, which is not going and, to happen. To have her go through that and to have the press, you know, kind of laying siege to their place, what a classy little know, move that is. I, I think so as well. I mean, she's probably not the biggest fan of a lot of the press right now, but she's still going to do the, what's right. Then there's the accuser, Christine Ford. She has hired a law firm that is run by liberal anti-Trump attorney Deborah Katz. Breitbart is reporting something interesting here. All right. She is helping Ford try to bring down Brett Kavanaugh. All right. We're going to get even with these men for what they've done or what we're we're going to try to sell the world that he did. She actually Breitbart reports. Are you ready? This is almost unbelievable. This is what Breitbart is reporting, that Deborah Katz actually defended Bill Clinton and Al Franken. Well, yeah, they're liberals. That's okay. But we get a guy who's a Republican and a conservative. I'm going to hop right on that case and grind him into the ground. Isn't that interesting? Seems to me to be a certain amount of hypocrisy there, but I'll let you decide for yourself. Tom Alexander with our news this morning. Deborah Roberts will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, more from Tom on Brett Kavanaugh's accuser calling for an FBI investigation and another step toward a permanent Pulse Memorial here in Orlando. One hour to go. It's Good Morning Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio from your cell, pound 250, keyword real estate. Good morning from us all. Good Wednesday morning at 7.59. 
Good morning, Orlando. Delighted to have you with us here on a Wednesday morning at 8 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you here and now on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander in Fort Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning Brett Kavanaugh's accuser calls for an FBI investigation and another step toward a permanent false memorial in Orlando. Details coming up in one minute. And we'll talk about a new study confirming the price our kids pay and we all pay when God is not part of their lives. Coming right up on Good Morning Orlando. 803 on News Radio 93.1. The woman accusing Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh of sexual assault is asking for an FBI probe. A lawyer for Christine Blasey Ford says a proper investigation should take place before she testifies in the Senate about the allegations to ensure that facts and witnesses are assessed in a nonpartisan manner. Ford claims Kavanaugh assaulted her when they were both teenagers. Kavanaugh has denied the allegations. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Investigators say the United States has lost track of about 1,500 migrant children. Congressional findings released yesterday say the Trump administration is unable to account for the whereabouts of the children who illegally entered the U.S. alone this year and were placed with sponsors after leaving federal shelters. Authorities are concerned that the missing children are being used as laborers or could have wound up with human traffickers. More than 11,000 migrant children were placed with sponsors this year by the Department of Health and Human Services. Flooding in North Carolina could get worse today. Several rivers are expected to reach major flood stages today or Thursday. More than a dozen were at major flood stage yesterday. More than 1,100 roads and highways are closed because of flooding. At least 35 people have died since Hurricane Florence roared on shore there last Friday. The flooding is taking a toll on the state's agriculture industry as well. Nearly 2 million chickens have died because of Florence. The rising waters are also putting North Carolina's tobacco and sweet potato crops in peril. Both crops generate hundreds of millions of dollars for the state's economy. And President Trump's going to visit um, flood-ravaged North Carolina this uh, today, right? Again, yeah, just a couple hours, actually. Mm-hmm. Almost four years after her death, the family of an Orlando woman is one step closer to justice. Cocoa Beach police yesterday arrested a St. Cloud woman in the death of 27-year-old Jessica Erosquin. 30-year-old Mary Lee Walker is facing charges that include vehicular manslaughter. Erosquin's mother told the Orlando Sentinel she never lost hope and always believed police would make an arrest. The state of Florida is kicking in another $4 million to help southwest Florida communities impacted by red tide. The Department of Environmental Protection has now provided a total of $13 million in grant funding to deal with the red tide and blue-green algae caused by federal water releases from Lake Okeechobee. Last month, Governor Rick Scott declared a state of emergency because of red tide. Toxic algae has been killing sea life and causing respiratory problems for humans. Finally, Orlando could be closer to getting a permanent Pulse Memorial. An advisory committee in Orange County voted this week to suggest the county commission spend $10 million on the project. The commission will discuss the proposal next month. The money will be used to buy land near the nightclub to build a memorial and museum to honor the victims of the mass shooting. WFLA News Time Now, 8.06. You can read about the Oregon judge that threw out a lawsuit filed by a horse against its former owner online at WFLAOrlando.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. WFLA is moving down the FM dial. Tune now to FM 93.1, and we're still on AM 540. 
Thank you, Tom. Tom Alexander in for the Deb Meister, who will be back with us tomorrow. We appreciate him filling the gap here with the news. He'll be back at the bottom of the hour whenever news breaks. Yeah, he's our executive producer. Steph will be taking your phone calls on a different kind of topic here that I want to get into with you here in just a moment. Um, I'll set the table right after I tell you this. I'll be handling the legal brief segment with attorney Jeff Kaufman later in this hour. I'm going to ask him for his take uh, as a legal expert on everything surrounding the Kavanaugh-Ford drama. And uh, also, also, the city of Orlando has asked a judge to dismiss a lawsuit filed by victims of um, the Pulse nightclub massacre, a civil rights lawsuit, what that is all about and whether or not it has merit. And if you have a legal question that you'd like answered by Attorney Kaufman, he is terrific at that, and he invites you to text that question now to 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. But first up in our 8 o'clock hour, we've already talked a lot about Kavanaugh and Ford from all angles, and we'll get into that again with Attorney Kaufman in the final half hour But there is a new study out that confirms what I have always believed, that if your kids are raised with religion and knowing God and having faith, it can make all the difference in the quality of their lives. we got so many kids who have depression, mental health issues. Wait till you hear the findings of this study. And I'll definitely want to hear from you about your experiences with your kids and what a difference it makes in a positive way, I think most would say, if God is a part of their lives. And you moms and dads, of course, have everything to do with introducing your children to the good Lord Almighty. We'll get to that. And uh, first, though, we're going to update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as always. Stay tuned. It's coming your way in two minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. Good morning, friends. Great to have you with us on the 50,000-watt front porch. You know, I mean, I believe with all my heart that so many of the problems we have in this country are either caused by or made worse by the fact that we long ago took God out of our public schools. We've now continued to work to take him out of the public square and public life, and that there's a price particularly our kids pay as we raise them, when God is not a part of their lives. And now I have some support from the findings of a study I want to share with you briefly, done by Harvard's T.H. Chan School of Public Health. It finds that kids and teenagers who are raised with religious or spiritual practices as a part of their life, and parents have everything to do with whether that happens or not, they tend to have better health and mental health as they age, better mental and physical health. The research has been published um, in a major medical journal. It finds that people who prayed or meditated on their own time also reaped similar benefits, even if they weren't regular churchgoers, including for them a lower risk of substance abuse and depression later on in life, that those who attended religious services at least once a week as children or teens were about 18% more likely to report being happier in their 20s than those who never attended services. Study finds also that they were almost 30% more likely to do volunteer work, 33% less likely to use drugs in their 20s as well. And it wasn't, the study found, just about how much a person went to church services, but it was at least as much about how they 
prayed, how much they prayed or meditated on their own time. Those who prayed or meditated every day also had more life satisfaction, were better able to process emotions, and were more forgiving compared to those who never prayed or meditated. They were also less likely to have sex at an earlier age, the kids, and to have a sexually transmitted infection. Previous studies have also suggested similar connections. For instance, that people who are more religious are often happier, and that people who believe in something greater than themselves are more resilient to stress. They can handle life's adversity better when they believe in something greater than themselves. God is seen in different ways by different people, but that, that amazing force and presence greater than themselves and, uh, you know, when you get into prayer and meditation, the me centers of the brain, where all you're doing is wrapped up in worrying about you, just seems to quiet down. One way in which religion and spirituality benefits mental health is to reduce our tendency just to think about ourselves, but to think beyond ourselves. That study is just profound, I really think, Yaffe. And um, it's incredible how we just seem all the time in this society about, oh, it's a secular society. You know, we can't have God here. We can't have God there. But the benefits are so wide-ranging. You would think as a society to help deal with our problems, solve our problems, and help our kids raising, we would encourage God and encourage people to experience God. Amen, bud. Preach it. I love it. Um, you know, there are so many times when we do this show and we talk about issues that are going on in the world. There are so many times where I go back to the Bible and I was like, you know, Jesus had the answer here. Jesus addressed this issue one way or another. You know, if we all actually thought that way and went back to our Christian roots and went back to the Bible, we would see it would solve a lot of problems. Yeah, it's interesting. My parents didn't go to church because they had bad church experiences as young people. But they made sure I went every Sunday with whatever friend I happened to be tight with who went to church. And, 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 and they wanted to make sure. And I said my prayers every night, and we talked about God and all of this. It was a little bit different, my upbringing, you know. But um, I had some adversity in my life, career-related early on, and I turned to God, and God was there for me. And I cannot imagine, um, I cannot imagine life without God being a part of it. My faith means everything to me, and I know it means that for you, too. And, and, and we made sure that our kids got to know God. God was a part of their upbringing. And I think there are fruits of that we see in these three great kids and the kids they're raising to this very day. Yeah, I'm like you. I literally cannot imagine my life without my faith. It's great to see this study out of Harvard, of all places, that statistically backs up the wide-ranging benefits, particularly to our young people coming up when we make sure that God is a part of their lives. Have you found it to be so? Love to hear your story. Join us at 407-916-5400 or reach us on the text line at 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. Ed, you're first on the line. You've got a story. You adopted seven kids. I can't wait to hear your story out of Titusville. Don't go away, buddy. You'll be first. And if you want to join us with your thoughts on what you have heard here in this segment about this study, our comments, we'd love to know your reaction to them. 407-916-5400, text line 23680, standard message and data rates apply. 
None of that happening on the Korean Peninsula happens without Trump. But let's get back to the study showing what a positive difference in so many ways God makes in young people's lives. Ed from Titusville, you folks have adopted seven kids, right? Yes, sir. Good morning, bud, man. This is Ed Moe from Titusville. Yeah. Uh, I'm the retired veteran that sent you some songs a couple of years ago. I remember you well. Now, what about God with these kids? I mean, you made sure uh, they knew about it. One of the foundations of our family have been teaching them three F words, faith, family, and freedom over the years. And, bud, the Bible says that when you train up a child in the way he shall go, he shall not depart from it. Yep, Our kids are not perfect. But they not only believe in God, but they fear the Lord. And that's very, very important that a child not only know God, but he fears him. And that keeps him on the straight and narrow. And that's the big problem with kids today is they have no fear of God. And so they think that they can do anything that they want to. Yep, that's terrific, Ed. Thank you so much for that. Also in Titusville, we're getting some input from Joe. You're on with the Bud Man. Good morning, Joe. Yeah, but I, I agree with the uh, with the survey. I myself left the church as when I left home because of abuse from, for being Puerto Rican in that area. But I, I later on came to the conclusion that it wasn't the church that was the problem, but some of the people who went to it. And I think that's one of the problems that our young people see now is there are people who go to church that are hypocritical. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and then I agree with that. Very damaging. Them. They can't separate the two. Is no, this is a person, or this is a yeah. priest. He's mm-hmm. a person that's abusing the church. It's not the church itself, and a lot of people aren't taught that or aren't explained that. That just yep. because he's a priest, he's still a human. You know, he's he's you know a sinner. Yeah, I understand some of that. All of that that goes on gives uh, you know religion a bad name. People think, well, I don't want to be associated with this, so they drift away. But the fact of the matter is, as I have found to be true. You know, God lives in your heart and in your mind and is with you, whether you have darkened the doors of a church or not. And um, That's correct, because my life has been blessed. I've never needed anything. Uh, I wanted stuff, but yeah. I, I've had a blessed life. I've, you know, seen the world, and, you know, I got no, no qualms, and, and I'm glad I came back to the church at a later date. Thank you, Joe, so very much. On the text line, what do you got there, Yaffe? Yeah, one person texted this, but said, I didn't grow up uh, going to church, but a non-religious father and a schizophrenic mother did their best to add God in our lives. Mm. It made a positive difference in my life. Now I make sure my children know God in this dark world. Another person said, a good Christian upbringing is very important. However, actions are more important than words. Merely going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than standing in the garage makes you a car. Oh, that's well put. Much food for thought. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Something a little bit different here. Legal Briefs coming up with Attorney Jeff Kaufman. Text your legal questions to 23680. He's going to weigh in on the Kavanaugh Ford drama and this lawsuit by survivors of the Pulse nightclub um, against the city and the police department, and they want this dropped. So we'll get into all of that drama here. Just joining us right now, here's an update as Tom Alexander brings us the news for Deborah Roberts on the big story of the morning, all the drama surrounding the president's Supreme Court pick, Brett Kavanaugh. What you got, Tom? Well, Bud, Republicans are continuing to line up in support of Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. Former President George W. Bush told Politico he and his wife Laura have known and respected Kavanaugh for decades. 
and they stand by the comments they made the night he was nominated. Kavanaugh worked for President Bush during his White House tenure. The former president said Kavanaugh will make a superb justice on the Supreme Court. Christine Blasey Ford says Kavanaugh sexually assaulted her when both of them were in high school more than 30 years ago. They're both set to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee next week, but Ford is now calling for an FBI investigation before she testifies. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. But as you mentioned a little while ago, police in New Hampshire are looking for a man who used a toddler to help him steal prizes from an arcade vending machine at a shopping mall. I don't like this story. The Salem Police Department shared a video on Facebook of a young girl climbing inside the machine through the slot where prizes are dispensed. Small enough to get in there, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Then she takes two Nintendo game consoles and some other items and hands them off to the unidentified man. There was also a second child with him at the time. The incident happened Friday. He is still on the loose. (laughs) What a despicable human being. Just... To use a kid that way. I'll lock them up. Yeah. A business in South Korea that goes to extremes to protect kids from bullies is growing. Parents can hire the Uncle Service, which supplies mean-looking uncles to protect their kids from bullies. Where's this? South Korea. All right. According to the site All K-Pop Buzz, there are three packages to choose from. The <laughs> Uncle Package, where the uncle gives bullies a stern warning and walks the child to and from school. The evidence package where the uncle films the bullying and submits it to school officials with a threat to take things to the school board (laughs) if something isn't done. And this one, the chaperone package where the uncle actually visits the bully's parents at work and protests in front of their offices saying the parent of a bully works here. (laughs) Little extreme and it's also not cheap. The smallest package costs more than 350 bucks a day. Whoa, pretty expensive for an uncle. For an uncle. Yeah, yeah. If, wow. I mean, maybe if you've got a mean uncle already, you can save a little cash. And just... <laughs> what else is going on? Well, ahoy, matey, and shiver me timbers. Hey. It's International Talk Like a Pirate Day. Arg. The holiday's been around since 1995. Of course, we know pirates in books and movies are usually shown with a peg leg, an eye patch, a parrot, and a treasure map. Some words and phrases you can use today to get in the holiday spirit include blimey, Batten down the hatches, scallywag, thar she blows, <laughs> ar matey, walk the plank, there and you go. yo ho ho. Ooh, I like that. Good pirate talk there, buddy. I do my best. All right. And for Deb, it's Tom with our news, and we appreciate it. Attorney Jeff Kaufman, we appreciate it so much. He comes in here live in the studio every Thursday morning. Make that Wednesday morning at 840, and uh, Deb talks over some of the top legal issues with one of the best legal minds, um, Jeff Kaufman. The only attorney who was licensed in 18 states, and in Deb's absence, I'm going to handle the legal brief segment, and I'm very excited about it. We're going to get into the Kavanaugh-Ford drama uh, from a a legal expert's uh, point of view, and then we have this lawsuit that the city of Orlando is trying to get Pulse nightclub victims um, to drop. Well, they won't drop it, but they want the judge to drop it, and we're going to find out what this is about and what the merits of it might be. Also, also, if you have a legal question for Attorney Jeff Kaufman, text it now to 23680. And in Deb's absence, that's the question I will pose to you, Attorney Jeff Kaufman. You've been looking at all of this Kavanaugh-Ford drama unfolding. What are your thoughts as a guy who's practiced law for so many years? No no matter the situation in in a scenario like that, there's nothing he can do. 
There's absolutely nothing. He can't sue her because she has nothing. He can't say it didn't happen because, you know, he's paraded 60 women have come up and said, no, this guy's a good guy. You can't prove a negative. That's like the old question they used to ask, you know, uh, you know, a yes or no question. Uh, did your mother rob the convenience store? You, you, did you know your mother robbed the convenience store? Well, I can't. If I say no or yes, it really doesn't matter. I mean, she got up there two days before this guy is, is supposed to be done. And it's nonsense. I mean, it really is. When somebody gets accused of doing something that can't move forward and nothing can be proved, what's the point of doing it other than saying, well, uh, I said he did it. He's saying he didn't do it. We're never going to get closure. The only thing this was meant to do is to stall. If this senator in California knew this was going to happen, and she's, so, yes, and she's so offended by this, mm-hmm. why did she wait till it was the point of no return? Well, she said the woman didn't want to go public, then it leaked out. And what if oh, she's it just leaked out, okay. Who do you think leaked it? Uh, who do you think leaked oh, it? Oh, I think she leaked it. I think she absolutely, it doesn't just leak out. It just, it just happened to fall out of the senator's mouth. I mean, that's where it leaked out of. I mean, what really bothers me about this thing is senators are always so offended by sexual harassment and everything else like that. But she has probably about 200 pictures of her with Bill Clinton and Ted Kennedy, two of the most serial female molesters in our history. Yeah, Feinstein was real tight with them, no problem. And not only that, supported the campaign, did everything possible. But she's offended by a possible story which she stated that she doesn't even know is true when, 30-something years ago. But the nine sexual harassment cases that Bill Clinton lost and basically gave up his bar license in Arkansas to avoid, she's absolutely fine with. Yeah. It just goes to show you which side of the fence you have an issue with. And the hypocrisy of the Democrats. One thing that really concerns me here, I mean, we don't even have a crime, all right? Um, But in this country, we have a presumption of innocence, you know, until someone's guilt can be proven beyond a reasonable doubt within a court of law. But in this Me Too movement situation, and, you know, a lot of guys have done awful things to women over the years, but now it looks like the whole thing is tilted to the point where you just make an allegation of of sexual misconduct against a guy, and automatically there is the presumption not of innocence, Jeff, but of guilt. And something seems fundamentally wrong with that to me. Let's make something clear. Sexual harassment and rape Absolutely wrong. We can agree on that. But our country is built on a concept called due process. And due process means that I'm going to get my day in court. I'm going to have the opportunity to protect myself and defend myself before somebody starts taking my livelihood, taking my job and ruining my reputation. In this scenario, all it takes is somebody to say, put it out there. Oh, uh, this happened. And I really can't sue them for it because they have nothing to take. So there's no going to be major lawsuit against him suing her. It's not going to happen. So basically his career is on the line and he can't do anything about it. And what happens if it's a lie? I mean, really, that's the real scenario. This woman is doing more damage towards the Me Too movement than anything possible. Every time somebody lies and deceives, I've seen it in courtrooms. I've defended people who have had these scenarios happen to them. And there's very rarely anything you can do. And it really screws up the people who are really assaulted. Interesting. Interesting. You mentioned due process a moment ago. Let me move on to another case here in Orlando. Uh, The city of Orlando is asking a federal judge to dismiss a civil rights lawsuit filed on the behalf of the victims and the survivor of the Pulse nightclub massacre. 49 dead, dozens more seriously hurt back in 2016. Big story here, of course. And in this suit, 
Orlando police detective Adam Gruler, who was the only cop there at that particular point working off-duty security, of failing to intervene to stop gunman Omar Mateen's rampage. And also the suit claims that Orlando police unlawfully detained Pulse survivors for hours after the massacre was over. And there's a claim that due process was somehow denied. What is your take on this? And should the judge um, uh, drop this lawsuit for the city uh, or, or not? What do you see? There are two courts these cases are running through right now. There's a state court where they're suing everyone in state court. Then there's federal court. And what they're suing in federal court is, is violations of constitutional rights. And the problem you have in this scenario is they can't really prove that. You know, in this case, this officer is an off-duty police officer who's getting paid extra money to be there. They wrote this up, and I don't know if this lawyer is licensed in Florida. I know he's a Michigan lawyer. But, and a lot of times they get in federal court because they're out-of-state attorneys, and it's easier to get in that way. But when you really look at the scenario in this case, they're saying that this person's constitutional rights were violated. And they really can't show that. They write this weird story about how he left his post he doesn't have a post. He's working at a nightclub. He's checking IDs. He's walking around. I mean, the idea that this guy had a responsibility because he was a police officer, not because he's basically an overpaid security guard, is where it's going to get silly in the end. So if Attorney Kaufman were Judge Kaufman, would Judge Kaufman dismiss this lawsuit? I read the answer to the motion. I read the motion, and the problem is is that the attorney for the state and the city um, – Talk a lot about the facts. And the problem with motions is they're supposed to be decided solely on the law. Facts are determined by jury members. And I'm afraid in this case that the judge might make a decision that, listen, these are fact issues and that should go with the jury. If it's a legal issue, I make those determinations. So I I think it's a coin flip. And we'll see how it plays out. Tom had this kooky story, and we have it on our website, WFLAOrlando.com. And here's the deal. <laughs> Got to come. See, here on it comes. See, you said you were going to do dead things, and now this is a new one. Okay. Well, here you are. Okay, a judge right. in Oregon right. has tossed out a lawsuit that was filed by a horse against his owner over allegations of animal neglect. What about this? Okay. I, <laughs> I have two dogs. I've always had pets my whole life. Mm-hmm. The problem in our world today, pets, livestock, and everything else are considered property. Okay. So you can't sue on behalf of the dog. Or let's say somebody kills my dog. I can only get the value of the dog. I can't get my emotional damages and everything else. And I think the judge in this case was like, oh, listen, we're talking property can't sue. And that's the issue. You know, your house can't sue you that's when exactly you don't pay what, the electric bill. That's exactly what it says. The judge um, has thrown this thing out saying the $100,000 lawsuit will not be allowed to proceed on the basis of the horse being a, quote, non-human animal. Yeah, it's it's property, and I I, I don't yeah, crazy. It's, it's good to know that I would have passed that on the bar if I would have taken it. There. <laughs> All right, you know, I'm telling you. I mean, gosh, you've you've passed the bar in 18 states. That's amazing. I passed that a couple like, bars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's maybe another story, right? <laughs> no, no. I, I just uh, you know I, I always felt bad sitting next to people who this was their first time. They got all nervous, and I'm just going. I hope the six months I studied paid off for them. That's their their whole future. So I feel bad. There are people taking the Florida bar. I think a lot of people just discovered that they either passed or failed the Florida bar, I think maybe yesterday. So good luck for all those people who worked hard. All right. There you go. Before you go, it's interesting when you're here with Deb every um, Wednesday and I'm listening from in the control room to the legal brief segment, which is just great. And everybody loves it. And you do such a great job. 
Um, you promote something very special you do in your law firm in the area of wills. I want you to make a, a mention to exactly what you do and the need that it meets. Do, being a personal injury attorney for a couple of years and seeing a lot of people die without wills and seeing how the families go after this money and how the turmoil and the money and the legal fees just pile up, the idea that somebody could have solved that by spending a couple minutes online doing their own will you know, was silly to me. So we put about uh, two, three months into it, and we got some basic wills together from the Florida Bar, and we posted it on our website. And there are videos that we cut to to help people get through it, and it's completely free, and it's a bare-bones will. Now, if you need anything more than that, like you're very complicated, you want trust and everything else like that, mm-hmm. I'll put you in the right direction. But you have really a responsibility not to die without one. So do the right thing. You know, go to our website, go to the Florida Bar's website, any place you can get a will, download it, and just sign it in front of people. Do, you know, I do the instructions. I, these are, I look terrible in the videos, but at least it'll put you in the right direction. <laughs> the website is whenyouneedus.com, whenyouneedus.com, when you, Y-O-U, whenyouneedus.com to reach Attorney Jeff Kaufman. Yeah, that's terrific. Thank you. And also, you're reachable on the phone at 407-706-3535, 407-706-3535. Any more business to come before the committee, before we adjourn? Well, no. I, th- I, think, we're, I, think, I think we're good. I actually have a comic book out. It's on uh, called Jolly Jane on Kickstarter. So Where do we go get that? Uh, you go to Kickstarter. It's for the next 30 days. I'm doing it with actually uh, a fellow uh, entertainment guy from uh, iHeart. All right. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. Yaffe is about to gavel us both out of here because uh, the clock is running beyond where we need to be. But it's always great having you. Deb will be back with you and Legal Briefs one week from today. That's fantastic. Thank you, my friend. I do appreciate it. So glad you've been with us here on the 50,000-watt front porch for the Wednesday edition of the show. We've already got great plans for tomorrow morning from 6 until 9, and we hope you will be a part of the show. Just a final word for those of you still catching up on the changes we are making on our FM presence here. If you listen to us on... 102.5 FM, be sure to move now to 93.1 and lock it in on the preset because 102.5 FM goes away starting October 1st. But no changes, nothing to need to do. If you still listen to us on AM 540 or on high-definition radio, it'll still be 107.7 HD3. The website is now WFLAOrlando.com. For Tom and for Deb, who returns tomorrow. For Yaffe, who's always there when we need him. And Steph, I'm the Budman. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. And from all of us to you, God bless you. And God bless America.